Hi, it's Kat. And it's Dan. Welcome back to Kat and Dan's Big Worth. Now, in this week's episode, we're going to be continuing this mini-series of our 10 favourite dogs with one of my favourites, the Irish Wolfhound. Now, in contrast to some of the breeds that we've been talking about that are quite modern when you think about it, the Irish Wolfhound is an ancient dog that's been around for whew, centuries. And to tell you more about that, Catherine shall elaborate. So this breed is very old. There are suggestions that it um, was brought over to Ireland as early as 7000 BC. That is years ago. Aeons. Oh, bloody hell. Can you imagine how much it must have changed over time then? Yeah, like... it's like prehistoric. That's crazy. Um, and so throughout history, the Great Hound of Ireland, as they're commonly known, has been a marvel wherever he went. Um, the Roman consul Aurelius wrote in 391 AD that all Rome viewed with wonder the seven Irish wolfhounds that had been sent to him as a gift. So, they're called wolfhounds. Why is that? Is it just because of how they look like wolves, or is there a more complicated reason? They hunted wolves. So, was it just wolves? Because looking at the size of those things, I'm going to assume that they hunted all sorts of big stuff. Yeah, well, in the um, in the fighting times in the gladiators, um, they were used as a war dog, his job being to pull men down from horses or chariots. So these dogs must have had to have been big because, you know, horses and chariots are big, heavy things. So... Yeah, well, I, I looked up that they stand like at least, what is it, two foot high? Just just from leg to top of head, so... Yeah. But if they're on their hind legs, they're about the same height as a person. Probably, yeah. probably bigger than the average person, so that's fairly concerning. Mm. Yeah, the Irish wolfhound was prized for his ferocity and bravery in battle, so they're big and brave as well, so they might make good protection dogs. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Because what I looked into, the modern-day Irish wolfhound, ironically, couldn't be any more different than their ancient ancestors. Really? They actually make really bad guard dogs. Oh. They're great. They're happy to protect a person or themselves because they form strong bonds. Yeah. But when it becomes, like, protecting property, they just don't get it. They're more likely to be nice and welcoming to an intruder <laughs> than anything else. Although, because of their big size and their wolfish appearance they um that's just a deterrent in its own right yeah so back in the day um irish law permitted only kings and nobles to own the irish wolfhound because it was so prized among wow. you know people that's... and the number of dogs owned was related to the prestige of the title held for example members of the lesser nobility were limited to two wolfhounds irish legends say that folk hero finn McCumhale. I don't have an Irish blood. I don't have a blood of. I don't have a drop of Irish blood in myself. So if I murder these Irish names, don't worry. I'm go I'm going to be doing health things, and they've got a lot. <laughs> there's a long list of very difficult, complicated medical oh names. So you're fine. We'll, we'll, I'll make up for it in a minute. So Irish legends say that folk folk hero Finn McCumhale had had five hundred Irish wolfhounds, with his two favourites being Bran and. Gulian, who were of magic birth. Imagine having magic. unicorn dogs. <laughs> magic birth. And the Irish wolfhound was a popular gift between rulers and other important people. Often they arrive wearing chains and collars made with silver and gold. A favourite tale is that of the Irish wolfhound sent to the Prince of Wales, Lel Leluin, by England's King John in 1210. 
The, do- the hound was named Gellert, and Lo- Lelwyn more- loved him more than life itself, which sounds like me and Poppy and Merlin. To be fair, if you've got a dog, I'm pretty sure that is just how it becomes. You love exactly. him more than life. So despite the breed's fame, the Irish wolfhound's numbers declined over the years, especially after the elk and the wolf in Ireland were hunted to extinct- extinction. Yeah, I suppose that's their main purpose. They were yeah. used to hunt big game and dangerous predators like wolves. It's... Yeah, like the German shepherds were bred to hunt, but because their, their prey was being yeah. it's, cold. It's, it's quite funny though, isn't it? How their ancient ancestors, the wolves, which have been around for even longer than these ancient dogs. Yeah. And they got and they were the ones hunting them out to extinction. That's a bit it's a bit of an odd logic, isn't it? Yeah. So another advocate of the Irish Wolfhound was a Captain George Augustus Graham, who used Glengarry Deerhound, Borzois and a Tibetan Mastiff, Mastiff to revitalise the Irish Wolfhound breed. He also used Irish Wolfhounds that were crossed with Great Danes, including a Harlequin Great Dane. Graham founded the Irish Wolfhound Club in 1885, and England's Kennel Club recognised the breed in, in 1925. The first Irish Wolfhound registered for the American Kennel Club was in 19, 1897, and the Irish Wolfhound Club of America was founded in 1927. Today, the Irish Wolfhound ranks 77th among the, among the 155 breeds and varieties recognised by the AKC. AKC. I can understand mangling the Irish names, but those are three letters. I know. It's, it's fine, I'm not judging. Uh, now, whether any of our listeners are, that's a different question, but I'm not judging. But is that it for their history? That's it, they've got a very long and luscious history, so if our listeners want to go and look into it, look into it themselves yeah. and look into it a bit more, then feel free. Yeah. So, now that you've gotten through a very long history, we told you it was a yeah, big one, um, it's my turn. And to start off, I'll be talking all about, well... Whether you're considering this breed or not, there are a few things you have to know. First things first, you might be intimidated by, well, as Catherine said, this dog hunted wolves and pulled men off of horses. So, you know, you might be a bit concerned, but actually this dog is quite intelligent and gentle. It's famous for having a patient personality as well as being loyal, generous, quite quite reserved and thoughtful and quite sweet-tempered. These dogs make very strong bonds with their owners, so wouldn't leave it alone for too long. But ru- strangely, despite their massive size, they don't make they don't do mindless destruction. <laughs> they are actually quite thoughtful. As I said, they're thoughtful and intelligent. They're more likely to become extremely anxious over anything else if left alone. Um Now, you would think with a dog this big, they would need acres and acres of space. But actually, whilst it's recommended they have some form of yard to play in or something, they they do fine in apartments and Mm -hmm. flats. I mean, the biggest issue they would have in a flat is that they're so big that if they stretch out, they're probably going to knock something over. But other than that, they do well in flats. In fact... Flats, bungalows, they're both fine for these dogs because one of these dogs' big health problems is, like the golden retriever, hip dysplasia. Yeah. So, and they're also, like most big dogs, their lifespans are pretty short. The, mm. They usually live between six to eight years. That's pretty, that's pretty short. Well, it's like that for most big dogs. I suppose the bigger the dog, the shorter the lifespan because big dogs, they seem to have 
quite a it quite in general just a lot of health problems that can affect them like mm. the wolfhound uh, as promised i'm going to be mangling a few medical names <laughs> so the wolfhound can suffer from the following anesthesia sensitivity hip dysplasia elbow dysplasia liver shunt heart disease fibro oh bloody hell fibrocartilaginous embolic myelopathy wow see i told you it was a hard name um for those of you that don't somehow immediately know what that means because i sort of say don't it's a condition that incur that occurs when pieces of cartilage material obstruct blood vessels supplying the spinal cord causing partial or complete paralysis of the hind legs so very serious stuff mm. uh other s- problems they can have are oh, why are they so long shorten the names are uh, osteochondrosis disecans or ocd not obsessive cleaning disorder um osteosarcoma 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 well you should have done these um <laughs> which do, in general, affect large breeds. Mm. Progressive retinal uh, atrophy, or PRA. Gastric dilation volvulness, or volvulness, or bloat. (laughs) This is bloat. (laughs) Let's just call it bloat. Um, Yeah, that's all of it. So that was a pretty big list. Mm. But like all dogs um a lot of these conditions that i mentioned are hereditary or can be easily avoided so if they're hereditary and you're looking to buy these dogs as a puppy because despite their big size they're quite easy to train so they're pretty good for one of your earlier dogs i wouldn't recommend it as your first dog but they respond well to firm but gentle treatments and Mm. commands and they're quite straightforward to train especially when you bear in mind that in ancient times, they were expected to think independently quite a lot rather than have specialised commands telling them what to do. Because I suppose when you think about it, they were bred to hunt large, unpredictable animals like wolves and elks and to fight in the heat of battle. So, yeah. you know, they had to have a brain of their own. Mm. So, as I was saying, these health problems, you can... Well, if you're buying them from... a First of all, find a good, reputable breeder... Mm. and then it gets their bitches screened yeah screen them and that way you can find out whether or not you're going to have any health problems to worry about Mm. these dogs as for other things such as the hip dysplasia or bloat well the hip or elbow dysplasia can be avoided as simply as making sure they don't have to go upstairs too much so if you're living in an apartment well don't get this dog unless it's unless you're either on the ground floor or first floor or there's an elevator. Yeah. So that should protect them from that. Try to prevent them from going, from jumping up too much or running too much. And as for bloat, that can be avoided by when you are walking these dogs, make sure you don't walk them until a good two hours after they've eaten a meal. Yeah. Or an hour beforehand. Also... Another tricky thing you need to remember is these small little, these dogs, when they are puppies, you've got to be careful with bringing them into exercise. So by that, I mean when they are, well, 
Irish Wolfhound adults need a couple of 20-minute playtimes a day when they're just allowed to run freely and do what they want to do. They also do enjoy a nice leisurely walk, but, and as I said, avoid the exercise an hour before meals and two hours after. So, puppies, they need free play in a securely fenced yard, but limits running to only a few minutes a day, and you shouldn't take them on walks as puppies until they're at least six months old. And even when they are six months old, start with short walks that are no more than five minutes and then build up the walks to a mile over a three month period. And they shouldn't be reaching two miles until they're a year old. So quite a gradual, gentle exercise regime for something that's supposed to have pulled men off of yeah. horses, don't you think? So they you genuinely, generally they reach maturity 18 to 24 months of age. And... That's, oh, one last massive thing. These dogs, as I said, they're hunters. Mm. So no matter how much you trust them, always walk them on a leash. Yeah. Because their um, their need to chase will override their loyalty to you. That's like with the pointers. Like If we let Merlin off, off the lead and he yeah. gets on a scent, then, then there's no way he's going to get... We're, we're going to get him back, so we have to keep him on the lead at all so, yeah, like I said, strong chasing instinct. That means if you don't have an electrified fence in your yard because a momentary shock is not going to be enough to override his need to chase something if he sees a cat or a squirrel or even a small dog. <laughs> Same with the leash. Always keep him on the leash unless you really want to have such a bad relationship with your neighbour who owns a cat or a small dog. So, yeah, like I said before, intelligent, trainable, and if you use consistent and positive reinforcement techniques such as food rewards or praise, they're very easy to house train. Mm. They also can be crate trained as well, although first of all, crates, really big crate. <laughs> very big, needed, and um, it shouldn't be in a crate too long because like I said, they have a lot, they're prone to a lot of bone problems. Yeah. So you don't want to keep them squished up in a crate that's probably never going to be big enough for them. Um, these dogs are generally quite good with children. They're quite gentle and loving, but uh, due to their large size, I wouldn't recommend getting this dog if you've got a toddler because even their tails are muscled. So yeah. your child could be knocked over simply by them wagging their tail. Mm. Um and that's the biggest one, but they're better. They are suited happily to dogs with, you know, older children. Um, if you're thinking of an Irish Wolfhound, Catherine, don't because they're terrible with ponies or horses. Okay. Like I said, the hunted elks. Well, like you said as well. And oh, like I said, a lot of health problems, bone in particular. So, don't ever let your children think. I can ride him. No. We don't do that with any dog, but particularly with these dogs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like any other dog, make sure he's socialised from an early age with other dogs and with children. Make sure the children are trained from an early age to <laughs> not... No, children can be trained. Uh, make sure they understand how to approach and how to treat him because like any dog, they're not going to thank you if you decide that they are a toy. Yeah. Um... 
Well, since they used to be in massive packs as well, very similar to wolves, they naturally get along with dogs and other dogs anyway. Mm. And yeah, that's about. I believe that's about it for these dogs. I've covered health. I've covered their personality and how they actually are just very good dogs to have as pets. They um, their exercise needs are quite minimum especially for a dog of their size yeah i thought they would have needed like hours of exercise a day considering their history of being i I know but but in reality corgis need more exercise than these dogs do (laughs) uh they're quite easy to train um they are extremely intelligent and lovable and loving Mm. they're dog friendly kid friendly so if you have either then you're then you're set if you want to get one of these dogs how are they with cats well, like I said, they'll chase anything that's smaller than them. That's true. So if you have cats or any other small no, animals... No, these dogs are a no. That's a no. If you have a cat in your house or even a dog that can't hold its own again, or even a small dog, mm. no. Be- unless they're raised with these small dogs, yeah, they are they going to chase. Together then. Yeah, so it's like if you get this dog as a puppy and you already have a smallish dog, then that's fine because they're going to see this small dog as their big brother or sister much mm. like Merlin sees Poppy as big sister and um, Poppy sees Merlin as the terrorist yes <laughs> um which would probably be even more terrifying if a wolfhound is being introduced to a small dog so yes. if you've got a uh, if you've got a small dog and some and you're thinking I want to get a wolfhound as well please bear in mind that this small dog is suddenly going to have a puppy that's even bigger than them <laughs> and then they're going to have to contend with a giant Yes. <laughs> um, and another thing to remember, you've got to get... If you're going to have more than one dog, it's probably easier if you look for dogs that have fairly similar needs. Yeah. It's like, like I said, corgis need even more exercise than wolfhounds. So if you've already got a, a high-energy dog and you're planning on getting one of these big boys, then probably not the best idea because the wolfhound won't be able to keep up as much. You know, they. you bear in mind, they're carrying a lot more weight than even some of the big dogs you associate as being guard dogs like Rottweilers and Dobermans and German Shepherds. Hey, my boys. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but that's, it. that's about it. Um, now, since we've covered everything with the Dog of the Week this week, uh, just to give you a little preview, we're going to the next week's episode, which is dog number four. Five now, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Ooh, this little mini series is coming along nicely. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about the Siberian Husky, which couldn't be any more different than the Irish Wolfhound. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting. I'm yeah. looking forward to talking about that. Oh yeah. Well, to be fair, I've been enjoying every single episode. Yeah. So this is every single dog has something interesting to tell. Mm. And that's about it. That's about it. So. You want to hear about the, those lovable wolf-looking Siberian Huskies? Tune in next week. So, this is Dan. This is Kat. And tune in next week for Kat and Dan's Big Wolf. Thank you. Bye.